It's time for Feet to the Fire Writers' Workshops Out Loud, where we spark connection through writing. People write lasting stories, and it's important that we hear writers' voices. Everyone has a distinct story, a voice, and they need to be heard. Here is your host and founder, Angela Burton. We are happy to have Wheezy Walker on our podcast today. Wheezy joined Feet to the Fire Writers back in 2019, which seems like forever ago, but it was last year. And we were so glad to have her with us each week writing some really amazing stories. Wheezy grew up in Charleston, South Carolina, and graduated from Ashley Hall, and then the University of Alabama, where she met her husband. Together, they had six children, and after many moves, they ended up in Louisville, Kentucky. And there's a lot more to the story. There always is. And I'm intrigued by Wheezy's way of writing her stories, the twists and the turns of life. I do think that they are brilliant stories. And so welcome to our podcast, Wheezy. Thank you so much. Brilliant is a big word. <laughs> uh, I did have the privilege of growing up in Charleston, South Carolina, and going kindergarten through high school school at Ashley Hall. And all my my girl, my all girl education ended when I went to the University of Alabama and graduated from there. And I've been widowed twice. Um, have six children, 13 grandchildren, and 14 great-grandchildren. Right now, not looking toward another one. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a big, that's a big nest. <laughs> it, it is. There's a lot of birthdays to try to remember, and I've about given up on that. Well, but that, that's, that's a life well-lived right there. Look at all the, all the children and grandchildren and great-grands. That's pretty cool. Right, and I've, I've worked them into a few of the stories, as you will hear on one of them, I think. Yes, okay. you'll hear about them on one of them. I'm excited. I'm excited to, to hear. I always am excited to hear your stories because, A, I never know, I never know how you're going to, what direction you're going to take. And then you take a direction that I'd never imagined. And so it's a surprise. And before we have you read your stories, though, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about writing. And um, I know we've talked about this before, but when you came into uh, the writing group, you had, it was kind of a, a rebirth or a re a new thing for you to start doing again, or maybe you'd done it and you decided to try it again, but it, you picked it back up. And can you talk a little bit about like what you get out of writing? Oh, yes. I have found writing such a great outlet. It brings back memories I thought I'd forgotten and I can express my feelings, which uh, I find lightens the load, which can get heavy sometime. Just do it through writing. Many good times and laughs are shared and we, we have a good time in that writing group particularly, but it's fun to see what comes out because uh, uh, just sit down at the desk and let it flow. It's, it's really nice. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. I mean, I was talking with somebody the other day about the importance of, of writing is, I mean, it is a very solitary process. You don't need anybody else to do it. You need you and you 
and that's it. And I like that you have a dedicated space that you sit at to write. And, you know, that's your, that's your little bubble that you can inhabit and you can think up your ideas and write them down. Um, do you think that by writing down your stories at this point in time in your life that it, it causes you to, well, it certainly causes you to look back over things, but do you think that it brings clarity to situations and times that you, as you say, you had forgotten about? Uh, when you, anytime you think over a subject, more comes out of it than you had thought of before. And that's, I think, a great benefit uh, of writing them down in your leisure time. And, and I wake up during the night and we, and, and I don't know what's coming out next. It's, I think of lots of stories and lots of things to write about. And they, I would never think, sit down to write something and think of those stories. It's, it's interesting. Do you, do you think that the prompts that we, that we give, do you think that that helps kind of jog your thought process a little bit and make challenge you? It, it does a little bit. Um, it does. I haven't run out of things yet. <laughs> so I, I, although I love the prompts and I try to stay within the bounds, and I think they, and I know it's not necessary. You've told us that is certainly not necessary. Um, it does. Uh, it helps you guide which way to go. Sometimes that does. You know? Well, yeah. I mean, the prompts are there in case you can't figure out what to write about. But plenty of people disregard and just do whatever they want to do because you know it's interesting it's always interesting to me how some some people will follow exactly the prompts and then some people will say well I kind of did this and I kind of didn't you know and I kind of went on my own and which that's fine you know we just like the idea that people are writing because we think it's so important to do that I mean it's just a it's a great way to have a conversation with yourself it's a great way to pass the time you know um good for your brain it's good for your thinking, you know. Um, it can't hurt to get down stories for sure. Um, you know, when I started Feet to the Fire years ago now, um, I thought it was all about getting the legacy stories down. And I do believe that. Of course, that's what everybody's doing by writing down their stories. You're leaving this trail of stories. But it, I think it has, for me and for a lot of people, more to do with what you're doing while you're still here, you know, the importance of engaging in your, in your thinking while you're still very much alive and thoughtful and, you know, imaginative and creative. So that's just my thought. Well, I agree with you completely. And, uh, and, and your, your prompts are, uh, do sort of, uh, encourage you uh, encourage your thought process. Maybe you weren't thinking in that direction, you know, and, and, it, and something pops up. It's, it's good. But during this confinement time, I was, uh, provided with entertainment, which did not, uh, <laughs> which took my interest in my writing and so forth in another direction. So I had a duck come make her nest by my front door <laughs> and I kept a log on her activity and have written her stories her story, and uh, men, many friends and neighbors visited her, which I benefited from because I love the 
company <laughs> and the chit chat. We stayed at a distance, of course. So, so that's to say too that you know, in this program, you don't just write about the past; you write about the present too. You write about what's happening in your life, and I think that that's that's really important to record the moments. It um, will be history. Yeah, it will <laughs> by an hour later. You know. <laughs> It's almost immediately history. Um, so do you think that you mentioned the confinement and, you know, this COVID-19, everybody's been hunkered down and tucked in and tucked away. And um, do you think that it is for you, has it benefited your time alone in any way? Or what do you think about that? I have really enjoyed it very much. It has given me time to write if I want to. And as I say, to pay attention to this duck, I would not have paid this much attention to where I can really write a story on her. <laughs> and, yeah. and, uh, and I've gotten a lot of little things done at home that I should have done before. I've, I've kind of enjoyed the, the reading and the writing and the, uh, you know, trying on the clothes that don't fit and have been sitting there anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've not minded the confinement at all. I really haven't. Well, I know, and and some of us have decided. I think, and I've been talking to my friends, and you know, it's sort of like we're we're rethinking how how we look at life because life we had to slow down, right? We had to just stay put. And when was the last time that was that was you know required of us just to kind of slow down and stay put. It makes you rethink things. Certainly it makes you realize what's really necessary and important. And, you know, you tend to take stock. My dad used to always like to say that phrase, take stock, which I knew he was serious when he said I needed to take stock. That meant I needed to think about things a little bit, but you said, and, uh, that your father and I had a little something in common because I always loved sports and physical activity which yes. I'm no longer capable of at this age and stage. and But now I've discovered writing, and it's just absolutely wonderful, and I have time to do it. I've enjoyed it so much, and I thank you, Angela. Well, I, you know, I'm really glad to hear that because I know that for my dad, it was it was the thing that, that kept him busy, you know, and, and we I think we need to have things to keep us busy. You know, if we can't do you know, whatever our, our normal thing is to do for him, it was golf and, you know, uh, certainly driving and getting out. And he, he just, he lost aspects of his independence as he got older and the writing became his central focus for a lot of times. And, um, I'm glad that he did that because of course we benefited as the children getting his stories and having them forevermore. But I think he really benefited a lot by doing it while, you know, at that point in time. Did you uh, decide on uh, the course that you're taking because of his writing? You know, in in a weird way, it informed me, but at the time I didn't know it. He was writing and he was toiling away. And, you know, I was teaching and, you know, doing my life and raising my kids. And But then after he died... It wasn't until a couple of years after he died that it all kind of came to a realization point for me that what I was starting with Feet to the Fire and what he had been doing really intersected. And I and it it dawned on me that that this was important. And I thought, you know, I wonder how many people 
are, you know, at, at a point in their life, like my dad was at, he was 84 when he died. Um, you know, he, he had been very, very busy. He, he had owned a business. He sold his business. He was forced to retire because of his health. And, you know, he, he grew a little bit depressed and he was, you know, cause it's change. It was so much change for him. And I think that looking back now, I realize what he was doing. I didn't have this program, of course, at the time, had I had this program, I think he would have signed up for it. You know, he would have wanted to be in it because he was very social and he, you know, loved to meet people and be out. I did. I remember I taught a class at Bellarmine, um, before he, he, got to the point where he couldn't drive anymore. And it was like a continuing studies, creative writing class. And he signed up for that class. Oh, and that nice. So I actually taught my father at one point and it was pretty cool. And he sat right in the front row. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. So that was a weird thing, but it was also a very neat thing. And he enjoyed that very much. So I think he would have... Yes, he informed it, and I think he would have certainly been a part of it. I think he is a part of it, you know, in a in a spirit way. I think he's very much a part of what's happening. Um, one other thing I wondered if you could talk just briefly about is if somebody is listening that is thinking about maybe I might like to try my hand at writing, what would you say to somebody who's never tried it before or who – who maybe did at one time and they've, they've gotten to a point where they're, they're so far along in their life that they're like, ah, I don't know. I don't know if I should even give it a try. What would you say? I would say, try it. You like it. You'll like it. <laughs> Writing has opened up a whole new avenue for me. And I always, I always loved, as I say, the physical things and writing just is just a, a wonderful outlet, which I did not realize was in me. <laughs> you may discover a lot about yourself through writing. And I would encourage it enormously. Yes, try that's it. wonderful. Because that's what I always hope. I really do. I hope that people find joy in it. And, you know, they create their own joy. It's it's nothing, no smoke and mirrors here. It's just, it's pretty pretty basic. But, you know, it's it's really a good a good process to engage in. Um, so you have picked out a couple of stories that you're going to share with us. Is that right? That's right. Mm -hmm. You want me to go ahead with this one? Yeah. All right. The name of this one is January Schedule, which I wrote in, uh, last uh, December, first part of January. And uh, or the, an alternate um, title could be Patch. And that starts this way. This year, I used the first month of the new decade to do what my friend Janet always said had to happen after age 50. Patch, patch, patch. Well, she was right on target. About the middle of last year, I began to wonder why the picture on the TV was not clearer. I could hardly see, read the printing titles. What was the matter with those people running those machines? But then maybe it was the TV aging. After all, it has been uh, it has been bright and dependable for well over ten years. I guess it was time to replace it. Then I noticed on my calendar that it was time for my annual vision checkup. Well, you can guess the rest of that story. My first bifocals arrived in January. Behold, my TV still looks great, 
and I can read the print from my good old recliner at the other end of the room. Both of my husbands would have laughed when I reasoned that I broke even financially on that deal. The glasses cost $400, but I didn't have to buy a new TV. That sounds good. My next patch job was when the dermatologist informed me that a spot on my neck needed to be removed. Well, that didn't sound so bad, so I scheduled the removal, hoping it would heal well and quickly, because the orthopedist said that I could walk without pain in my hip and back if I just replaced the damaged hip joint. So why not fill up January? Then I could have the rest of the year to enjoy good health. This is my plan. Now, if it will just fit in with God's plan, all my patching should be completed early this year. I often think of my childhood patch doll that I loved. She must be well over 100 by now. I think I'll go for it, too. The end. (laughs) I love that. I remember when you read that story in our group, and everybody enjoyed it because everybody was nodding. (laughs) Everybody nodded. They they nodded because they understood. You know, they... They they agreed. They they understood. I mean, in this day and age, how you can replace things in your body, right? Right. It is remarkable. It really is. It is remarkable. Uh-huh. And, you know, it keeps us going. But that you that you related it to your to your doll who had been patched up. I love it. She got a lot of patching. <laughs> but she but she was very lovable. You know, it reminds me of oh, remember yeah. the the velveteen rabbit. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I pictured her as a little velveteen rabbit, but a doll. Yeah. <laughs> I love that story. And, and then there, there is another story that you wanted to read. Okay. It's called An Ode to Writing. Love it. How else can one express her feelings anonymously? What a marvelous outlet that one would not otherwise have. No one else has to read the written word, especially by unknown writers. For instance, I can write about my Thanksgiving week with my son, his wife, their children, and their children. If you think you're a regular person, rather able-bodied for an old codger, and mostly content and happy, try a week with with four generations of descendants. They're all beautiful in my eyes, smart as can be, and full of energy. However, there's nothing you can say that cannot be surpassed. If they don't know an answer to a question or disagree with a statement, out comes the smartphone and that clears up any doubt. My goodness, the descendants are good, kind, and gentle with me, and I love it. But all this does make me realize how much more advanced each of them are than I ever will be. Is this not what we wanted while raising them? They have achieved our wishes, and we must have done something right. What my favorite time at the beach with them was. My answer was, besides burying my feet in the warm sand, it was having one of my temporarily disgruntled great-grands, four years old, come curl up in my lap to get warmed up from the cool pool. We cuddled. How good can it get? I don't feel very smart, and I do feel my age. But while putting my thoughts down on paper, I realize I'm exactly where I should be in the great scheme of things, and I'm grateful for being able to express it. Thank you for your guidance, and happy birthday, Angela. 
Oh, I love that last part where you talk about, you know, that you're right where you need to be. But that's, that's a, that's a really important thing to realize for anybody to realize, you know, that you, that you can be right in the moment of where you need to be right now. Mm-hmm. 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 Like how often well, do we not do that? Well, if we don't, if our children do not surpass us, we really haven't done a very good job. You know, you want them yeah. to be better than you are, smarter than you are, do more than you did, you know? Well, yeah. Absolutely, I know. That's what you work for. Teach them and teach them and teach them and hope it sinks in. That's right. And then and then suddenly, like you said, you realize it did sink in and they are really smart and you're proud of them. That's what that's the goal. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. That that has always been as a as a parent for me, that's always been like did I do that right? Am I doing this right? You know, when they're growing up and and then they're becoming teenagers and they're really like they're fit to be tied and, you know, and then they become young adults. And, and I, I think the biggest, the biggest realization that I had looking at, you know, raising my kids is whenever I would leave them with somebody else or I wasn't around and somebody would say, Oh, you have the best kids. And I thought, okay, that's not that that's a real compliment, right? Oh yes, oh yes. Because you know, kids don't act like that when when they're around their parents. They act like you know monsters sometimes. And so, it's like, and now we are asking them where technology is concerned, particularly. <laughs> did I do that right? Did I do that right? Oh yes, I have. <laughs> I have driven my son crazy over this podcast. Yeah, exactly. And you know. He's like, Mom, you can figure this out. And he's impatient with me. I'm like, no, I really am stuck, you know. But, um, yeah, they, it goes to a point. It's like, yeah, I can figure it out to a point, but then I need your help. And then you do realize how much smarter your kids are than you are. It's it's amazing. The roles kind of have a tendency to reverse after a while, too. You know, they really do. I, I find conversations with uh, younger people are so different from the conversations I have with my peers. Very oh. different. They're wow. talking they're talking about movie stars and um the latest pieces of you know of, of music and mm-hmm. movies and things that are happening in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just sort of t- talking along, enjoying each other's company. <laughs> well, and you're you're learning something as you go, and and you know, I I think it's really interesting to engage with people who are of a different generation. I feel it, you know, when I talk to younger people, you know, um, I learn something. I learn lots of things that I didn't know, and you know, and and they're they're kind of struggling with, you know the way I say things or, you know, the way I look at life. But it's it's just, that's always been the case, right? Generations are oh, always yeah. interesting that oh, way. Yeah. We can learn lots. I'll learn from each other always, always. Well, I am looking forward to reading your Corona story. Well, I will send it. Uh, I will send it to you once I figure out how. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, thank you so in. much, Wheezy. Oh, I hope it works. Join us again to hear Feet to the Fire Writers Workshops out loud, where stories matter and voices connect us. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn.